So today we're talking to Will Acton. Hi, Will. Hi. So Will is a software engineer at Amparity, and Will is working uh, on a couple of open source libraries, and today we're going to talk about uh, HX, or no, maybe rather Helix. So what's the story here? Yeah, thank you for having me. Really appreciate your time. Um, yeah, so maybe a year or two ago, I started... Um, getting really interested in exploring some of the new features that um, React was uh, starting to develop and um, talk about in um, you know, some of their experimental branches. And they were starting to evangelize some changes that they wanted people to make in the way that they wrote code in the community to support them. And uh, I was a full-time ClojureScript developer and so I wanted to see, you know, how to use those new features in um, a closure script project. And um, what I found at the time was that a lot of the libraries uh, had sort of layered on a lot of uh, great features on top of React, uh, like uh, Reagent has, you know, the um, reactive atoms and, and hiccup and, um, you know, other libraries had done really similar things. Um, and it sort of made it difficult to experiment with those new features that, uh, react was starting to come out with. And so originally I created HX as, uh, a hiccup parsing library because mm -hmm. I wanted something that was sort of uncoupled from like the, uh, the, um, sort of render pipeline and like um, way that reagent um, created uh, elements sort of dynamically uh, in the background as uh, react classes but I really liked the ergonomics of reagents hiccup syntax so I started off hx as a, a hiccup parsing library and then from there I was like okay well I can parse hiccup now I also want to have some a little bit of a uh, thin layer on top to easily create components um, that were just functions. And so I ended up creating an API for um, defining functions as well. And then people started to adopt it. And uh, long story short, uh, through my experiments, um, I ended up deciding that, you know, Hiccup wasn't the best solution for um, writing React elements um, in ClojureScript. Uh, if you're going to follow the way that uh, sort of um, the way that React uh, wants to render your components. Um, and so when I thought about, okay, how do I migrate, you know, this library that started off as a hiccup parsing library to no longer focusing on parsing hiccup to focus on parsing or to focus on component creation instead. Um, I was like, I, I could do that, but, I didn't want to break the people that were already using it. And um, so I, I decided to, you know, through all of that, like it was just time to create a new name for it. Um, you know, as, uh, you know, people in the community are, are uh, sort of very, uh, you know, everyone wants to uh, maintain backwards compatibility. And that's a very important uh, virtue in Clojure and Clojure Script. And, uh, and plus with just the new focus, like the name didn't make as much sense to me. So Helix was born. 
I see. Mm -hmm. So what's the what's the goal of Helix? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so the goal of Helix now is um, to provide sort of the best React development experience uh, in Closure Script. Um, at least like, you know, what, what I want my uh, development experience to be when using React in Closure Script. Um, and so that's different than, you know, what some other libraries uh, are trying to do where, you know, um, they start with like, they want to do web development in Closure Script and then React kind of ends up being like an implementation detail. Um, Helix kind of really leans into the the mental model and of React and the way that React works um, and tries to just create like a really thin layer on top of that um, to make it a little bit more ergonomic to create components, cre uh, create elements and, um, you know, interop with the rest of the ecosystem. One of the features that, um, you know, I was really excited about uh, a year ago was uh, React hooks. Mm -hmm. And um, so React hooks are kind of React's way of introducing state and side effects to components that are defined just as a function. Um, before React hooks came onto the scene, there really wasn't a way um, to, like, they already had the ability that uh, you could create a, a component as a function, um, or you can create a component as uh, a class that, you know, has state and uh, methods and, and all that stuff. And um, Reagent, before that, already had a similar API where you could create a component just as a function that returns some hiccup and um, but there were like tricks that Reagent used to like under the scenes convert that to a React class. Um, mm -hmm. With React hooks, you know, I was like, wow, this API is basically, you know, all of the things that I appreciate about Reagent, but I can just use React now. So um, Helix out of the box assumes that you're going to be using React hooks. In fact, the, the support for React classes is sort of, uh, I mean, it's there, but I haven't really exercised it a lot because there's only one or two reasons why uh, I think you would want to use classes nowadays. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, there are, uh, the other libraries in the ecosystem, like Reagent and Rum and, and Fulcro, um, they're starting to m migrate towards adopting uh, at least support for React hooks. Um, but, you know, they're being very methodical about it and, um, you know, ensuring that it's not going to break existing applications, which I think is a really good thing. So Helix kind of provides that like out of the box and supports React hooks. Um, and the other thing is that all of the Helix components that you create are React components. Um, so there's no kind of like special sauce wrapped around your component that um, you know, makes it uh, render differently or require any sort of like um, interop uh, syntax to like um, to create. You know, if you wanted to export your uh, your Helix component as 
um, you know, to a, a JavaScript context, um, it's quite straightforward. And uh, and likewise, using uh, third-party React components like um, you know React Select or um, uh, you know other really popular libraries, uh, those are at your fingertips as well without much uh, like with significantly less interop. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, just going back to the hiccup story. So you, you you said the Helix is not it doesn't have the sort of the hiccup syntax, so we don't have the vectors and the keywords as like the HTML elements, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, we would have like function calls, like we would require, I'll say, let's say helix dom as d, and then we would say d slash diff and d slash h1 and stuff like this, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a, uh, you know, it, it's a, a model that, or I guess a, you know, a way of writing elements that, um, you know, ohm sort of like um, was the main inspiration for that in full crow. Um, mm -hmm. you know, when I was looking around for examples of other projects that use that, um, I mean, the, the main thing that Helix, uh, really uses under the hood is, um, it has this dollar sign macro. Okay. And, and, uh, what the dollar sign macro does is it, um, you can give it a string and so it'll render like, so if you were to do dollar sign and then in quotes div, uh, it would render a div. Um, React element, um, and that's basically what you know the Helix DOM namespace does. It wraps the uh, dollar sign macro, and the dollar sign macro was kind of my when I started to encounter problems that I was having with um, HX, you know, and uh, the hiccup parser that I had wrote. A lot of them were performance related. Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, the way that reagent does it, um, is sort of how I modeled, uh, HX's like approach to parsing hiccup where you create vectors at runtime and then you parse those vectors into react elements and then you hand those react elements to react to actually render. Um, and what I found was if you follow sort of reacts like top down render strategy where you know every state change you're rendering from like the most uh shared parent of a component that you know you would be rendering your your components a lot and therefore you would feel that um you would feel that performance penalty of constructing all of those vectors and then parsing them into React elements a lot more than you would with um, reagents uh, ability to kind of like very surgically decide like, okay, this component, this component, and this component all subscribe to this one atom. And so the atom, instead of changing the sort of like uh, common parent of all three of those components, would um, instead render just those those three leaves, and so you can kind of get away with uh, the performance penalty of uh, creating all of those vectors a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. um, but using hooks, I felt the performance penalty of that um, a little bit more, and so I was like, okay, I need a way to create elements just as fast as 
um, you know, someone would if they were using JSX in a JS project. And so the dollar sign macro does a bunch of magic where it uh, it converts your your props to a JS object at um, compile time if it can, mm -hmm. right? Macro time. Um, and it's a little bit more strict in like, uh, you know, you can't pass in props dynamically without sort of a special keyword. And that helps a lot in uh, reducing like, you know, the sort of variadic like um, function calls and, uh, you know, constructing lazy sequences or, or vectors and stuff like that, and, um, as opposed to using Hiccup. Mm -hmm. Right. So the usage for this dollar sign macro would be not for the creation of the component, right? Um, so I want to, I want to check what you mean. If you were, uh, defining a component, you would use the right. def and C macro, right? Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. if you were creating a component and that that's any component, so that could be, uh, you know, a, a sort of quote unquote native component, like a div or a span or an H1, um, right. uh, like you said, or, uh, a, a, any react component as well, you would do dollar sign, you know, my component, and then any props or, or children that you want to pass in. Um, mm -hmm. and you would use the dollar sign macro the same, the helix uh, dot dom namespace is um, something there that is, uh, you know, it's just a, a, a helper namespace. So it, it takes away some of the boilerplate and um, uh, gives you things like autocomplete and stuff like that um, for all of the HTML elements. But under the hood, it's wrapping dollar sign macro as well. And uh, mm -hmm. my goal is to, at some point when I have more time um, or if someone else has uh, time to, uh, is to create a similar namespace for like React Native, um, so that you know it would be um, easy for people to get started and, and start using um, right. you know that namespace, and it looks all nice without all the dollar signs. <laughs> right. Yeah. So what I was just saying is like, for example, if we have two components in our application, let's say we have component app and then we have component greeting, you would define those two with def and C. Mm -hmm. And then when you nest, for example, greeting inside app, this is where you would use this dollar sign, right? And then you would just say dollar sign greeting and then pass the props. Exactly. Yep, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. um, so you mentioned that the React hooks are for managing state, but if we think about he uh, Helix and maybe compare this somehow to maybe like reframe, how would we do that? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that you would be pretty disappointed um, by uh, I, I, Helix. Um, so Reframe is awesome, and um, and the disappointment would be like you would miss out on a lot of sort of the structure that Reframe gives you um, if you were to say like I'm going to replace um, Reframe and Reagent with Helix, um, and. Uh, so, you know, Helix is much more similar to Reagent than Reframe in that it kind of gives you a way of defining components, of constructing uh, components as elements, and um, and some, you know, uh, sort of a, a local, uh, uh, a set of tools for creating like local state and managing local state. Um, it doesn't really look at your app holistically and 
Um, you know, I think to some extent, like I would question the wisdom in a, in uh, sort of jumping to like a big global state management solution um, at the get go, anyways. But um, Helix definitely gives you the tools to adopt something like Reframe or adopt something, you know, whatever the next thing is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so if I would be writing application in Helix and then, uh, of course, I need my initial state, I would use uh, I would use hooks, right? Uh, so let's yep. say in my, app, in my app, in my top component, if you will, I will define my initial state. And to access this in my children, I would just pass this via props. That would be the workflow. Yep, that, that's the, you know, kind of the primary way of, of passing state down um, in React and, and Ergo, it's the primary way of passing state down in Helix. Um, Helix also has great support for uh, uh, also a somewhat new feature of React uh, called React Context, which mm-hmm. allows you to um, create sort of a, a context value that your you know child components, like let's say that you know you're passing some state down that's like 19 components down in the in the tree. Right. Um, that would be really painful, right? Um, or it's something that a lot of components use, like a theme or like navigation or right. um, you know something else that you want to be sort of like uh, like that um, for you know either testing purposes or what have you. You want to kind of be isolated to the component tree, but um, you want to sort of have every component use, um, then React Context gives you that ability to, uh, within the component, you just say, hey, I want to use this context value. There's a hook for it. Um, and then uh, the parent component, like the top-level app component, uh, can wrap uh, its children in a context provider that then ensures that all the components get the same value. And, uh, you know, there's lots of people that are experimenting with, um, you know, sort of replacing things like Redux or, um, uh, you know, in ClojureScript, we would look at Reframe as, as a similar sort of example. Um, but, you know, replacing that using uh, React context. Um, I don't think that, like, I think that Redux version 6 um switched completely to React context uh, and they for managing state and they actually backed off on that. Uh, they released a new version later that sort of went back to more of a mixed mode of like they use React context to kind of pass around the uh, uh, event listeners and, and subscribers, but they do all of the subscriptions sort of outside of the component tree for, and that just ended up being for performance reasons. React context didn't let you have sort of the more um, uh, like uh, fine grains ways of subscribing to state that Redux needed, and I would assume that Reframe would need as well. But um, there's a lot of experimentation going on, and and that's kind of what I want to allow is like. You know, okay. Once we have access to React context and uh, React hooks, like, you know, what are the things that now people um, will build on top of that? And I think my goal is to have Helix available as like a good sort of like base where 
Um, you know, you can start to create components in Helix, you can start to build your app and then uh, pull these, you know, state management libraries or navigation libraries or whatever in sort of a la carte rather than kind of a, a whole app buy-in that you need for um, uh, some of the other closure script libraries. Mm -hmm. Uh, so as a creator of the library, would you have any tips for people when they use this library? Is there anything you should be looking out for? It's still early days, I would say. Um, so read the docs uh, and let me know if they're confusing. Um, there's a Slack channel in uh, Clojurian's Slack. Um, it's a uh, uh, hashtag Helix and... Um, you know, I'm I'm not a technical writer by trade, but uh, I, I'm always trying to improve on my writing skills. And so, uh, if people are using it and um, they're confused, like just post in that channel, and I'll I'll try and help you out as best I can. Um, but you know, read the docs first, and um, and it's also I will sort of caution developers who maybe are new to uh, React or and new to Closure Script that um, if I think Helix is you know a, a, a great library and and we are adopting it at work and I use it in all my side projects uh, but you know I'm also like a fairly experienced Closure Script developer and fairly experienced React developer and so there's still some rough edges like I was saying with the documentation where. A lot of the times I'm going to point you to the React docs. Um, and that's not an accident because it is supposed to be like a very thin wrapper around React. Um, but if you're hoping to jump in with uh, no experience at all with React and no experience at all with ClojureScript, um, it's going to be a steeper learning curve because you're going to have to learn both. Um, so I would suggest learning one first and then the next. So learning. Uh, Closure script, you know, using, um, you know, just like, you know, the DOM or uh, maybe even Reagent, and then, um, uh, and then learning React uh, through that, and then trying to learn Helix. And meanwhile, I mean, hopefully by the time someone's done with that, I'll have the onboarding experience so awesome with Helix that, uh, you know, they'll feel like they missed out. But it's just not quite there yet, right? Nice, cool. All right. So yeah, thank you so much for talking about Helix and I hope people just go and try it. Uh, everything is on GitHub and then we will include the links in the show notes. So take a look at Helix and um, yeah, thank you so much for Helix and spending the time on the podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes or any other platform you're listening to. You can share it on social media with your friends. You can blog about it, discuss it on your own podcast, and you can support it directly by buying my video courses and learning ClojureScript and Clojure at my website, jacekshe.com. That's J-A-C-E-K-S-C-H-A-E.com. Thank you for your support of this show.